Hey, Rewatchers, Keith here. We've got a very special bonus episode for you this week. We are reaching back into the vault that is the Lakeland Highlander 30th Anniversary Convention. That's right. We've still got more content for you. You sent us to Lakeland, and we are delivering more episodes. So what follows is an interview we did at the convention with directors Andrew Modine and Jeremy Orr, uh, directors of two Highlander fan films, Highlander The Watcher and Highlander Dark Places. So first up is an interview with the directors uh, Andrew Modine and Jeremy Orr, and following that will be two brief reviews of those movies, which are available online for purchase. So make sure to head over to our Facebook page or the Facebook pages of Highlander The Watcher and Highlander Dark Places If you're interested in learning more about these fan films or picking up a copy for your Highlander collection. Uh, Thanks again for joining Highlander Rewatch, and we will see you next week with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. So we're here at the LashCon 30th Anniversary Highlander Convention, and uh, we have two very special guests here with us today. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, Writer-director Andrew Modine. And also writer-director Jeremy Orr. And uh, what what are you guys bringing to the uh, Lakeland convention this year? Uh, a bunch of copies of our movies, which we just received a couple of days ago, and uh, bring them to our presentation tonight here on uh, Sunday. Yeah, uh, Highlander The Watcher and Highlander Dark Places are two films. Uh, they long works in progress, but they are just now completed and uh, available on disc. Great. And uh, can you guys give us just a little synopsis of your films? Certainly. Mine is uh, Dark Places, and it involves uh, an immortalized Vlad the Impaler slash Dracula. Not a vampire. He's an immortal in this, in this version, uh, kind of stalking three main characters over time, and it kind of comes full circle in the end. Uh, Highlander the Watcher is surprisingly about a watcher. It's a young man who's been part of the Watchers for a few years and has become disillusioned and frustrated by the passive role of the Watchers in the, in the game, and things change for, his, for him for there, from there. So he's a hunter. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what what got you guys interested in filmmaking? Was it Highlander or just more in general like the craft? Uh, well, I've, I've taken baby steps into it. Like earlier I did the Connor and Duncan show just using stop motion animation for the Connor and Duncan action figures. That was kind of fun. Other things too. And and then Jeremy kind of kicked the door open on this with the, the Watcher documentary, which he turned into a film. And I was like, oh, geez, that's kind of a... That's kind of a good idea. I want to get on this, too. Cool. Uh, watch your documentary. You want to talk a little about that? Well, that was when they, they did the series on Blu-ray. They did the first couple seasons on Blu-ray. Um, they had asked for fans to submit watcher documentaries because they were going with a watcher theme since they introduced them in season two. Uh, Andrew went ahead and did a documentary using footage from the series and asked me to shoot some bookends for it, some original material. And I did that, thought it was cool, and, but I didn't really want to do a documentary so much, so I just did a narrative short, a five-minute short about a Watcher character. And even though it's not what they asked for, I sent it in, and they liked it, and they put it on the set. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. It became, it was going to be a series of shorts from both of us that would be on subsequent seasons of the series on Blu-ray. And then those seasons didn't end up happening or they were delayed until the remake comes around. And so it took us a while to kind of arrive at this final position, but we eventually expanded them out into full feature length films and are releasing them individually. That's great. Um, what, What made you get into filmmaking? I started making my first films in probably seventh grade. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. I actually worked several Highlander references into one of my college films back in the late 90s. Uh, but I never really expected to be doing this until suddenly we just were. Yeah, that's kind of how it happens. Just the passion builds and 
you just kind of have to do it. No. Uh, you, you guys mentioned that it's taken like a long time to arrive to this point. I know like there's a lot of composite shots and special effects. Can you talk about like what the like how did this like from script to the final Blu-ray now like what stages have you guys uh, you know what hurdles have you had to conquer? That's that's a re- it was a really complicated process because these weren't originally conceived as features the, and a lot of the time is we we finished the original short films or at least I did um, Andrew was on a different timetable but I finished the original shorts almost four and a half years ago now. But now here we are. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, we had three deadlines for the first three shorts. We met all of those, and then I arrived at the fourth chapter, which I kind of figured they could use some bonus content for six, since it's kind of a light season. Like, why not fill up the bonus disc? They agreed. Uh, But then the fourth chapter was not only as long and longer than all three chapters combined, uh, but used a hell of a lot of green screening, and uh, that required a bit more post than I predicted or anticipated, even with three guys working on all the shots. Uh, Efron McAsh makes an appearance, does he not? Yes. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, it, it happened a little bit late in the game. Like, in, in the fourth chapter, I realized, like, oh, we're doing the story of Lad Dracula, you know, from a, from a young boy to what he eventually becomes. And I realized, like, oh, that's right, Efron wrote that story in An Evening at Joe's, which is all about that, and how Efron McAsh was just, was just basically teaching him the ropes. Now, he couldn't do all of that, but uh, I did want to bring some of that to life. I hit up F. Braun, and he doesn't live too terribly far from me. I'm in Seattle. He's in Vancouver. Arranged transportation. Worked it all out with an excellent uh, Douglas Herring. Has a nice place up there. Green screen studio. Had him over for a weekend. Had a great time. Banged it out. Came out great. It's really cool to like see your work on an actual like Highlander Blu-ray. Yeah, it's very exciting. We, 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 we'd never even seen the, the discs until we got here to the con. They were oh, shipped wow. here to meet us here. Uh, so how can fans uh, find your film? Where's the best way to purchase um, it? Well, right now we're still doing pre-orders for the Blu-rays. We have a limited supply left. We probably will end up printing some more, but uh, the next venue will be Amazon slash CreateSpace. They'll all be on DVD there. They don't have an outlet for Blu-ray there, or they do, but it's very complicated. And we'll also have uh, eventually uh, streaming via Vimeo on kind of a pay-per-view basis. That's the next outlet following the Amazon release. Uh, the same thing, yeah. The, the I. We'll start shipping Blu-rays uh, next week, and then the DVD uh, will be available starting December 13th, next Tuesday. Awesome. awesome. Uh, and we've been asking people, how did you first come in touch with Highlander? How did you first get into it? Um, I think I was must have been like 12 or so. I watched Highlander 3, I think on a pay-per-view. I don't know if it's the best gateway drug, but I was interested, and I watched I think everything out of order. And then I went back and watched 1, and then 2, and like, what the hell was that? And then... I don't even think I watched the series. I think I watched Endgame, and then, like, I loved Endgame. I loved the hell out of it. And then went back and watched the series, watched Endgame again, and it was like, oh, this is, now it's a weird place to go after the series. But it, it's still, I still enjoy the hell of it. And, yeah, that kind of stoked my imagination for the series and love of it and all the history and even the romance, you name it. The, the beheadings, like a kind of like comfort food, you know, every week. Maybe not every week, but pretty much every week you get a beheading, an evil immortal, ponytails, and... The quickenings, <laughs> you name it. Um, for me, uh, I actually still remember it vividly. I was uh, 12 years old and visiting a friend of the family with my mother, and they had rented a couple of movies. Highlander was one of them. I believe the other was Nomads with Pierce Brosnan. And they asked me which one I wanted to watch. I picked the one with the guy holding a sword. And it pretty much, you know, captured me from there, and, and I'm you know, a massive fan ever since. Uh, Do you ever wonder what your life would be like if you chose Nomads? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have, especially, I, I, never, I never saw no, actually, I tried to watch it probably about a year or two ago, and I didn't get very far into it, honestly. So, I definitely made the right choice. That's our next project, Pierce Brosnan rewatched. Yeah. <laughs> what is Nomads about? I don't even know. I don't like, know that movie. I, I, yeah. I, like, I, 
something to do with like an archaeologist finding ghosts. Something I'm I'm not sure. Sold. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a John McTiernan movie actually. Any projects for you guys lined up for the future, Highlander or otherwise? I've got the falls pretty much in the can. I think uh, the gentleman next to me is going to shoot some second unit stuff in New Mexico for it. But uh, in the can, I describe it pretty much as it's going to sound weird, but probably like Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood. If it was within an episode of like CSI or X-Files, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't have anything concrete right now. I'm working on a couple different scripts, uh, kind of a revenge type story with I'm going for kind of a Shakespearean tragedy angle, but a couple others. I'm, I'm, I'm working on several stories that are set kind of in a location very much like where I live, which is a very small, dusty oil town. Doesn't get represented a lot, but there's still, you know, there's still stories to be told there. They can, there can weird stuff goes on in these towns. So, awesome. And so for our fans out there, uh, you both have uh, Facebook pages uh, for these movies, so they should definitely go and check those out if you want to see uh, trailers. And there's some like cool making of uh, videos too, right? www.facebook.com/forward/slash/highlander/the-watcher uh, and forward/slash/highlander/dark-places. So check that out, guys. Uh, and thank you both for talking to us. Yeah, we too. really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank pleasure. you. Thank you. Anyway, we're here at Having to Rewatch to talk about uh, Highlander the Watcher. Uh, so you perhaps have just heard our interview with Jeremy Orr and mm-hmm. Andrew Modine, directors of Highlander the Watcher and Highlander Dark Places. Uh, so Ooh. we did that, that interview with... Show, show us on the doll where they touched your dark places. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Inappropriate. That's right. Uh, anyway, you have just finished listening to our interview with Jeremy and Andrew uh, that was done at the 30th anniversary convention in Florida. So, like, imagine a tire fire. <laughs> and, like, we were conducting the interview in the middle of it. Right. We actually used the light from the tire fire to, like, see in the convention hall. Yeah, because there were no lights. <laughs> anyway, we were humans. More humans. They were scared off by the fire. <laughs> But uh, Andrew and Jeremy were like two like shining lights in this convention to help make it shining brighter than the burning rubber. Yeah. As far as uh, the Watcher goes, Jeremy helped us film our panel. That's right. Yeah, he filmed and edited. Uh, oh, uh, I just called it the Watcher, the uh, Crossing Swords uh, video we did. And if you haven't checked that out, make sure to head on to our Facebook page and check out that video. It's a really cool discussion with Ephraim McCash and Anthony Delonges. Do it. But that's not what we're here to talk about, because we have finally gotten to see Highlander the Watcher, the uh, Highlander fan film by Jeremy Orr. Yeah. Uh, it was last. I, I gotta say, like, from second one, just like, you know, the production value and the effort and thought that went into it was already so much higher than anything you would expect from a conventional, like, fan film. Yeah. Like, just I, The bar is set very high from jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, and yeah. it's it's produced like very well. Uh, even the packaging yeah. and everything, like this is a professional quality thing. It is. Uh, it's really great. Uh, an amazing amount of visual effects. A yeah. surprising amount of locate different locations. Mm-hmm. Animation, CGI. Yeah. Like a lot a of lot. effort and talent went into making this thing. Definitely and a lot of hours. Yeah. Like you could tell this was like a labor of love that was. Uh, and all the detail that was spent, like, because you could easily be like, oh, just, you know, slap it together. And it's like, I'm not going to spend all this time putting all this detail into it. And it's like, no, every scene had, like, a lot of detail. Uh, yeah. As many, you know, little touches as you could put. So a cool, cool thing to see. 
definitely. I was really impressed by like the variety of quickenings and like uh, they had some cool like Watcher Chronicle animation. That was, yeah, like, really impressive. It did a good job. I, I, one of the things that was like kind of creative and interesting about it. Obviously, most of our vision of it's called the Watcher on, should come as no surprise to you that multiple of the main characters are Watchers. It did an interesting job of taking that concept into the 21st century using smartphones, like computer flip phones. There's, flip phones. Phones. There's some flip yeah. phones. <laughs> oh, the villain has a razor. That's how you know yeah. he's bad. <laughs> I don't think it's actually a razor. It's just he's not moving on. He's not the coolest kid in your eighth grade class. Yeah. Well, that's how you know he's immortal. Yeah, that old school technology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the kids these days. I'm still using the abacus. Yeah. <laughs> and the flip phone. It was pretty cool. Do we want to give like a, a very loose outline of the plot here? Well, I think, I think Jeremy gave that. In our in interview. our interview, yeah. uh, and we don't get, want to give away any like spoilers because we, we want to direct you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some twists and turns and everything. Friends uh, become enemies, enemies become friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I mean this is, this is the sort of thing. If you're like a diehard Highlander fan that's looking for kind of a new Highlander story, uh, especially in like a visual medium, this is something you should pick up. Uh, support the Highlander community, support your fellow fans, uh, and uh, you'll definitely get like a lot of enjoyment out of this. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and, and always done some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, also just yeah. like even standing on its own merit. I am very prepared to say I enjoyed this more than several Highlander episodes that yeah. I've seen. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know. I think that's pretty high praise for yeah, Definitely. you know something that's fan produced. Think of think of some Highlander episodes. It's probably better than those. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Some highlights I thought in it. Uh, we we always comment how uh, one of the very first weapons used in Highlander is the coat, and it's one of the most yeah. effective weapons because <laughs> they always are throwing that coat around. Yeah. Oh man, there's some there's some good coat action in this movie. Yeah, where like prolonged coat fighting. Yeah. There's yeah. a coterie <laughs> coat related maneuvers, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, that was like. A weird bit of fan service I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more, more coats, please. Yeah. yeah. Like, the only thing this thing was missing was, like, a fight with a pipe. Yeah. Oh, it even had no, that, it did though. have that, yeah. That's some pipe did? action. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets... All right. Yeah, that guy gets hit with a pipe in the back of the head. Yeah. All right. Okay. But yeah, it's a mortal on, you know, I don't know. It's not... I owe like, you mean. Yeah. All right. But I'll give it to you. There is a pipe. So, like, maybe it does have everything. Yeah. It does. It does have everything. It has everything. Yeah. yeah. So, Chad Shaleski's listening. Yeah. More coats, man. Yeah. yeah, you gotta get that coat. Coat action. You gotta have a coat. You gotta have a pipe. Uh-huh. Coat, pipe, sword. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the, the whole trinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh, that's a, that's a game we should play. Like rock paper scissors. Coat, coat paper sword. sword. Uh, so what? Is the so perfect what is it? for an audio uh, medium. Yeah. Well, what would you call it? Yeah. Uh, you, okay. I'm glad right, so, we'll come up with hand symbols. All right. But which coat, is which? Pipe, sword. Sword. Coat beats sword, definitely, right? Coat definitely beats coat sword. Yeah. Sword beats pipe. Pipe beats coat. How, how does the pipe beat the coat? How the fuck does paper beat rock? You go it with covers it. Yeah. it. That's how the coat Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you completely do, obliterated the rock by covering it with fucking paper. <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, uh, all right. So the pipe is a crude imitation of a sword. Right. Thus, sword will chop pipe in half. I don't know if we'll chop it in half, but it's better at doing what the pipe is doing than the pipe is. Definitely. The pipe, just, like, the the, the coat's power comes from its surprise element. The mystery, the in the incompatibility of a, it has with a sword fight. But if you're using the pipe, you're already in an unorthodox mode, right? You're not playing by the rules from the moment you grab that pipe. 
Therefore, nothing you do with the coat is as surprising. What if you I lay guess... some pipe? That could be something. Mm. Yeah, there we go. I guess the way I'm thinking about this... Why you get brought on right in here to talk about that? The way I'm thinking about this is that sword beats pipe, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Coat beats sword. Mm-hmm. And coat beats pipe. <laughs> so it's just a wild card. And it's, yeah. Coat wins every time. The only competition is between the the pipe and the sword. So why doesn't why happens if it's coat on coat? Is this like a prisoner's dilemma where if both sides choose coat, everyone loses? Everyone loses. But then why would you like ever predator choose? and alien? Yeah, why would we all lose. Yeah. Why would you ever choose pipe then? Coat will not. I'm, good, I'm not yeah. playing this game right now. I mean, why would you ever choose? Well, pipe? it's not a game anymore then. Then it just ceases to it's be. It's not a game anymore. More taglines from. Alien versus mm-hmm. Predator. It's not a game anymore. Everyone loses. Coat wins. Coat versus Pipe. Everyone loses. Well, and also, Coat will not kill Coat. Yeah, what happens if Coat on Coat violence occurs? Yeah. <laughs> Which happens in this movie, actually. There is Coat on Coat violence. violence. No. <laughs> coat crime. Mm. When, we, when we were in Florida talking to Jeremy, we said... We are going to review your movie on the podcast, and is this what he expected? This is what it is. This is what it is. Sorry. In, in our defense, we are drinking a lot of vodka. Yes. And we did legitimately enjoy this movie. Oh yeah. They yeah, had me for like in the very beginning. They kind of tell the story. They invent like a a story of like the origin of the Watchers. Yeah. Which I think is actually like legitimately compelling. Yeah. If Jim Burns had said that. I would have totally bought that. That's like the explanation for where this came from. Mm-hmm. Like I want to say that some of this explanation is from the Watcher Chronicles because mm-hmm. I think some of this is kind of laid out on in those sources in that CD interactive CD ROM interactive CD ROM. Oh man, if only I had a computer running like Windows ninety five, maybe I could read that. That would be great. But I actually like I'm, I'm all about no, no, I'm thinking about Windows Vista. Um, is that the one I'm thinking of? I, I, I think I've never owned Vista. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you like Vista? Yeah. <laughs> Back to Vista days. So like in a rock, paper, scissors with Windows editions. <laughs> so there's Windows Vista, Windows <laughs> 95, and, and Windows XP. And XP, I liked XP. Maybe that's what XP I'm was the one that was actually good. Vista, yeah. Vista was shit. Get your head on Yeah, straight. that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, we're the worst. Uh, <laughs> ah, the memories, guys. Reliving them with us every week on Talking <laughs> Windows. Windows. Who left the Windows Windows open? Rewatched. Yeah. It's about a window in time. Right. Guys, check out The Watcher. It's a good movie. Yeah, everyone should check this out. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, so buy the Blu-ray on. I think it's on. It's definitely available on Amazon now. I think. Uh, and if there's, there's horses. Oh yeah, there's like horse. Like I'm. Sh- there's like, so many things. Like every at every level, this was delivering more than I. I don't. I, I don't want it to sound like rude and say like I expected it to, but like that it needed to. Like this was going above and beyond. Like on m- oh, pretty much every dimension. Right. Not the final dimension. Not the final, the warlock. <laughs> yeah. It's like going above and beyond the sorcerer. Right. Uh, Certainly, this is... Oh, co- the costuming, the Old West stuff is cool. We're talking about a franchise that gave us the source. This is, this way, is better. way better. This is way better than the source. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's... This, is, like, this is more entertaining than the source. Like Oh, by like by an order of magnitude. Leaps and bounds. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and there's some like really... Uh, Jeremy did the editing on this. There's some very nice editing. Yeah. Uh, especially like when they bounce back and forth with the flashbacks, there's some like mm-hmm. really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like some of those dissolves that like you love in the show, like they really deliver on a number of those different Yeah. Those they, different modes. They accentuate some action with like within the flashback, like it'll you know, the the punch will cut to the punch in the future and that sort of stuff. It's kinda cool. Uh also uh Jeremy introduced like a cool uh way to uh show the buzz that I thought was neat. Like oh, not only yeah, did it have a sound nice. but it had like this yeah. really neat like uh 
like a bubble effect, some, effect like a stretchy yeah. effect in the background, like the, that. There was like a little temporal shift or something. It was I, I, I thought that was really cool and effective. Uh, yeah, it was neat. Good stuff. Real creative. So anyway, pick up a copy of The Watcher today yeah. on Facebook. Just head on to Facebook.com slash backslash forward slash. Take a gamble. Pick one. See which one works Live out. dangerously. Live dangerously. <laughs> see which one works out for you. Maybe both will. Yeah. It'll be a weird, bizarro The Watcher page that's a forward slash page instead of a backslash. We'll never know. It's the we are time. definitely drinking right now. A lot. Very good. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Big thanks. Yes, thank you. Personal thanks from us to you. Thanks for this copy of this movie, too. Yeah, it was great. Surprised piece in the... Yeah, well, this movie, we, we yeah. did receive consideration in the form of a review copy of this movie. Yeah, that's our legal obligation. Yeah, legal not obligation really, is that a legal obligation, Kyle? Uh, I don't know. I think it actually might be. Okay. Un- unequivocally enjoyed this. Yeah. People should check it out. It's like, Definitely. it was. this was a great way to spend 90 minutes Yeah. hanging out, getting some fresh, new Highlander content. Not a ton of that floating around, and to see something of this quality come through, really great. Yeah. Very good. All right, thanks. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Oh, and our honorary rewatcher, uh, Kettle One. Kettle One. Kettle One. And it's, Kettle uh, One. And our rewatcher in training, Black and Tan. Hey, rewatchers. Keith here. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. We just got done watching uh, the other fan film that we were given at Lakeland, Florida uh, by director and writer Andrew Medine. We just watched Highlander Dark Places. This movie is really epic in scope. It takes us through all different parts of of history and into the future. Not a spoiler warning, I don't think. Um, But this is really like an epic Highlander tale. Its eyes were big. Yeah, um, there are lofty uh, aspirations for this movie. This is, and it also has F. Braun McCash in it. Yeah, that was a big highlight of the movie. It's always yeah. cool to see him turn up as a swordmaster named Hans Kirschner. Right, which is a character that I believe he did on the TV show previously, and has written about in the uh, the uh, the book they released about uh, Joe's Bar. Like, there's like stories from Joe's. Oh, right. Night at Joe's. I think Ken yeah. Gore, do we talk to, has a story in that. Yeah, as exactly. Well, uh, the costuming people. was pretty elaborate. Uh, that was like. Some, especially when they go into like the medieval portions, there are people in full suits of armor. There's a lot of very elaborate costuming. Yeah, I wonder where they got those. And horses. Yeah, they had three, three. We counted three horses in this movie. How many did you count? Uh, <laughs> uh, but we counted three horses. Yeah, we counted One, three horses. One, two, three horses. Uh, 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 uh. And Vlad Dracula's in this. Yeah. Not, not that Dracula, the other no. one. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this was cool. Uh, so thanks again to Andrew for giving us a copy of this. I believe it's available on Amazon. I understand there's a new print of this. Yeah, that I think has some like extra subtitles. I think the sound's a little different, which is cool. Um, so yeah, uh, make sure to head over to facebook.com slash, I think it's Highlander Dark Places. You can just search it on Facebook. Uh, if you're interested in checking out kind of previews, trailers, I think are there. If you're into Highlander fan films. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a testament to both Andrew and Jeremy. Like, the amount of effort that goes into making something like this is a lot. Uh, so I think, you know, the, the effort is, uh, realized on the screen, certainly. And there are a bunch of, like, Highlander TV series nods in this movie as well that you can peep your eyes out for while you're watching. Yeah, little hidden Easter eggs dropped throughout for nerds. So, uh, thanks for joining us this week on Highlander Rewatch while we revisit, uh, or while we visit some new fan films that are out there, uh, for you to enjoy. 
Uh, make sure to join us next week when we are tackling another episode of Highlander Season 3. We're excited about that. Thanks for joining us. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Hey-o. Hey-o, Captain Jack. Hey-o, Captain Jack. Bring me back to the railroad track. Bring me back to the railroad track. Give me a gun in my hand. Give me a gun in my hand. I'm gonna be a shooting man. I'm gonna be a shooting man. Left, right, left. <laughs> left, right, left. The military step. The military step. <laughs> go left, go right, go left. Instead of go left, go right, go left. What? Uh, I can keep going when we're done. No, we good. What is that? We, we are running through the railroad tracks. Run along with Captain Jack. Ba-dee-da-do, ba-dee-da-do, ba-dee-da-dee-da-dee-da-do. Dance, ba-dee-da-dee-da-do. Dance, dance, revolution. Left, right, left, Captain right. Jack, a German pop dance star. He, he's like an odd character. He's like this huge black German dude. Who like is he German or is he American that lives in, in Germany? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not. In sure. my head, he was German, but he could be. He's big over there. Yeah, apparently. My friend Jim died. Oh, he died? And our son took over to be, like, Captain Jack Jr. Yeah, he's the, like, Lieutenant Jack, I guess, or whatever it is. (laughs) Corporal Jack. Corporal Jack. Bad Lieutenant. (laughs) Bad Lieutenant. (laughs) I can't believe we just did that. I hadn't even thought about that in so long. I I think about Captain Jack. That needs to be a blooper. (laughs) What was just recorded, much to our chagrin.